If someone denies having money of a second person and swears to that effect, the witnesses then come and say that he does have the money, he's putter from paying. This is based on the pasuk that says that once the plaintiff has accepted the defendant's oath, the defendant no longer has to pay. Rav said this halacha should seemingly only apply to a denied loan, since a loan is given with the intent that the money be used and other money is then used to pay, which would seem to fit with the verbiage of the pasuk with respect to a deposit, which is not meant to be used, it should not be included in this halacha. However, Rav has said this applies to a deposit as well, because the pasuk is written regarding a deposit. Rav Nachman was repeating the halacha of Rav, and Rav Achabam and Yume said, Yes, a mission says that someone who denies and swears falsely regarding a deposit and witnesses and testify that he swore falsely must pay for the principal. If he admitted his guilt, he must pay principal, an additional fifth, and bring a carbon ashram. You see, not like we said, if Nachman said, the case here that the person swore outside of Bezin, which therefore doesn't have the force of a full oath, whereas the Hadlach of Rav applies to an oath made in Bezin. The Missioner gives another example of one who claims that the deposit in his possession was stolen and swears to that and was then found to have sworn falsely based on the basis of te- based on the testimony of witnesses. And the Mishnah says he has to pay Kefal if he swore falsely to that effect and then admitted his guilt, he would have to pay a principal, a fifth, and bring a carbon. Now, this must be discussing a bezin, because if not, he wouldn't be Chayiv Kefal, and yet we see Raz HaLoch does not apply. Rav Nachman said, I could answer the first case discussing outside of bezin, the later case discussing in bezin, but I can even answer that both cases took place in bezin. The difference between them is that the first case, the oath was taken before bezin had a chance to impose it. In the second case, bezin imposed the oath. Rav Nuna asked, the Mishnah says, if a person was made to swear in front of bezin or not in front of bezin, five times about the same claim, and he swore falsely each time, he'd be chayiv a separate fifth and a separate ashram for each oath. If Shimon explains, this is so because he could admit before each oath and not pay the additional fifth and not make the false oath. Now, the mission says he was made to swear, which means Bezin imposed the oath on him. It also clearly says that it was done in Bezin, and we see that after each oath he would have to pay when this refutes Rav. Rav Nuna answered, the mission can be understood as referring to two different cases. If it took place in Bezin, it's referring to where he swore before Bezin imposed it on him, and if Bezin imposed it on him, the case was that it was that took place outside of Bezin. Rav asked, the bride says of a shamer said the item being watched was stolen from him and he swore to that and then admitted that he himself stole it for himself if he admitted to this before witnesses testified that he stole it, he's chayat to pay the principal the fifth and to bring an oshem. If the witnesses came before the admission, he pays kefal and brings an oshem. Now this cannot be talking about an oath taken outside of Bezin or before Bezin or before imposed by Bezin because there's a kefal obligation yet we see he has to pay which refutes Rav. Rav said, Rav didn't say his alochem in a case where one claimed that something was lost or stolen and swore falsely to that effect and then admitted his guilt. Rav also did not say his halacha in the case where he claimed it was stolen, swore, and was proven false by witnesses. Rav only said his halacha when he claimed the item was lost, swore to that effect, and was then proven false by witnesses. Rav Gamda told Rashi what Rav had said. Rav Ashi asked Rav Nuna was a Talmud of Rav and clearly felt that Rav was even talking about a case where the person admitted his guilt, as we see that he asked from such a case. So, how can you say that Rav was not talking about such a case? Rav Achasaba answered, We see that Rav Nuna agreed that Rav only said his halacha in a case where witnesses testified that he swore falsely. The question he asked earlier can be explained with this understanding as well. If a claims that the deposit was stolen when in truth he stole it for himself, you'd have to pay kefal to the owner. If he sold or shechted a sheep or ox that was deposited by him and claimed that it was stolen, he'd be chayyad al We can learn this as follows. Since a ganav pays kefal and a shomer who claims it was stolen pays kefal, then just like a ganav becomes chayyad al a shomer would as well. In fact, tomorrow we can say that the ganav is different, that he pays kefal even if he doesn't swear, whereas a shomer only pays kefal if he swears falsely and therefore maybe he doesn't become chayyad al vehei. After the was learning by means of a hekish and a mashiv and al hekish. In fact, that's valid. 
Yetzer, if we darsh in the Psukim to be dealing with these two types of Ganav, and therefore can be learned as a Hekish. However, according to the view that the Psukim are not dealing with these two different types of Ganav, how will he learn this? What's the Hekish? Mar says he learns it from the extra hay in the word Ha-Ganav. Now, if he was eating it, it must be that he shechted it, and yet we see there's no doubt of the hay. And Mar says he's talking about he ate it as an avail without shechita. In fact, Mar, why doesn't he just say that he shechted it and was found to be a trefer, which Hashemin holds is not considered to be a shechita for purposes of the doubt of the hay? Mar says he wants to answer according to Rameh, who holds that the shechita of a trefer would be considered a shechita. Why doesn't he say that the animal was a ben pakua and which doesn't need a shechita? Mar says he wanted to follow Rameh, who says that such an animal does need shechita. Why doesn't he say that the case was he already told he was already told by Bezin, go ahead and pay him? In which case, if he then shechts the animal, he would not be chayiv dal because at that point he's a gazel, not a ganav. Mar says he could have given an answer as well as some others, but that's he chose to give this answer. Said if someone found a lost item and he claimed that it was then stolen from him, and in truth it was not, he'd be chayiv kafel based on the pasuk of al kol avedu asher Rabbi Mamalea, the Brisa says, the Pusik says, Kiyitain ish, which teaches that if a cotton gives something to someone to watch, the owner, uh, the Shimer, would not be subject to all the laws of a regular Shimer. How do we know this same halacha applies even if the cotton becomes an adult before taking the Shimer to Bezin and asking for the item to be returned? The Pusik says, Adhe Olehim, Yavid Vashnaim, which teaches that the giving and the suing must happen with when he was, he's an adult. Now, if a finder of a lost item is subject to Kefo, we should say that the deposit of the cotton should get the status of a lost item that was found in the Shimer should be Chayv Kevel. And for tomorrow, the case is that the item was consumed before the cotton became an adult. If that's true, then the Bryce should say until the consumption and suing were done by the same adult. Instead of saying the giving and the suing has to happen by the same adult. And for tomorrow, you're right, change the Bryce to read until the consumption and the suing were done while he was an adult. Ravashi said that the positive of a cotton cannot be considered like a found item because the found item came from somebody with legal mental capacity, whereas a cotton does not have legal mental capacity.